0: Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. I mentioned in my last pod- podcast that I would explain to you more what the word meditate means. When you look it up in the Hebrew, it is the Hebrew word Hagar, and maybe I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but it has a number of meanings. The first is, of course, as we would imagine, to meditate, to ponder, to think about. Now that's about how we would think of meditating on the word, but there is more to it. In fact, this word actually means, this Hebrew word means to emit a sound, to murmur, to mutter, to read in undertones, to recite quietly. And so it's speaking of when we read the word, that we're meant to speak it out loud, either very loudly or very quietly, but we're speaking it under our breath. But apparently the best way to read the word is to verbalize it. Thirdly, to speak out loud. Yes, I mentioned that. It can be quietly, sort of muttering under your breath, or it can be loudly. Back in Bible times, that's what they did. They read the scriptures audibly. They were always reading audibly to themselves, just muttering quietly under their breath, or they were reading them aloud to others. Now, I'm quite challenged about this because I love to read, but I don't always bother to read out loud. That takes a little more effort, and so I'm being challenged about that even when I'm doing my personal reading, to start reading it out loud or maybe if someone's around to read it quietly. And this word also means to study, to memorize, to moan and groan. Have you ever groaned with conviction when you were reading God's word? I have. Have you ever moaned with the weight of the revelation that God gives you as you're reading a passage or or even as you're reading of God's judgment on sin? I mean, you go through some of the uh, the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and so on, even the minor prophets, and you read the prophetic words of God's uh, judgment upon Israel and then of his coming judgment on the day of the Lord. And wow, oh goodness me, they are so powerful. And oh, you can just moan. Wow, this is wow. That's why I believe we need to be people who are constantly reading the word because as we read the word, we, we get the fear of God into us. I often say to people, it's a good idea to read the book of Revelation every now and then. Because when you read the book of Revelation, it puts the fear of God into you. And we do need that. We, I do believe the fear of God is missing from so much of the church of God today. People don't walk or live or act as though... They live in the fear of God. Often it's the opposite. There's no fear of God in their lives by what they say or by what they do or by what they watch. There's no fear of God. But the only way we get the fear of God is in the Word of God. And as we're reading it, we'll, oh, we, we read, my, this God that I serve, he is a loving, merciful God. But he's also a God of judgment and justice. And at this present time of grace, with great patience, he waits for more and more to come to repentance. For he is not willing that any should perish. But he waits and he waits. But there is coming a time when he will deal with sin. He will deal with the nations and he will deal with people personally. And And, as you read the word, that's not going to be a nice time. No, it's going to be fearful. It's a fearful day of judgment. Sometimes you can even moan and groan as you read it, and it well, I like I just want I just cry out to God and say, "Oh God, I, I just want to be walking in your fear. I want to be right with you. I don't want to be in a place where I'm going to receive that judgment of sin." And of course, we know that every sin that we bring to him and to his forgiveness, that he forgives and he forgets and it comes under the blood of Jesus and will be remembered no more. But if we're walking in sin, when Jesus comes or when this day of the Lord comes and when the day of judgment comes, well, we will have to face that. It also means to growl. Uh, in Isaiah 31.4 it talks about the lion growling And just as a lion growls As it chews and rips and tears its prey to eat it uh, So that's how we are meant to eat the word of God We, we, we just get into it We chew it and we bite it And oh we just want to get into it. it It's far more than just having a little read. Uh, we're just like that lion who's tearing his prey as he he wants to get it into his mouth, and this is also one of the pictures of that word um, of meditate meditating uh, in god's word is the opposite to the Alternative meditation people like to do today Yoga meditation or Buddhist meditation uh, Which is so pacifist No, when we're meditating on God's word It's not being passive at all It is getting into it And it's speaking it out loud And it's studying And and it's using your mouth In fact, uh we can also look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 and it says, it's similar to Psalm chapter 1 we read last week in our podcast This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth Do you notice the word mouth there? It's our mouths. We have to get the Word of God into our mouths. We are to be speaking the Word of God. And this is very important. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, exactly the same as Psalm chapter 1, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success That's exactly the same promise in Psalm chapter 1 where we meditate on his word day and night and you will prosper. Uh, The word actually means you will will be wise, you'll get wisdom and understanding and you'll know the right thing to do when we have the word in us. But we notice this mouth business and then I think of... Uh, Isaiah 59 verse 21 and uh, it says that, let me take you to it, Isaiah 59, 21. Okay, nearly there. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth. Do you see it again? Thy words which I have put in thy mouth. Have you got the word in your mouth? Is it coming out of your mouth? That's where it has to be, dear ladies. In our mouth. And it goes on to say, it shall not Depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, or your children, nor out of the mouth of your children's children, saith the Lord, from henceforth and for ever. What a powerful scripture. I believe this is the vision that God gives to us as parents and to mothers. He wants us to have the word abiding in us, not only in our hearts, but in our mouths, so we can speak it. We're always speak it, speaking it out when we come together at breakfast time. And and then we have our breakfast, and then we have our Bible reading time. and And so often, before my husband even reads the word, I'm so... Uh, Bursting to share what God has already given me Oh, I've just got to tell you what God has said to me this morning through his word And so I'm speaking it out And when you speak it out, it becomes more part of you That's why God wants us to get it into our mouths But then, he says, he wants us to get it into the mouth of our children Now, how much of the word is in your children? How much of the word comes out of your children's mouths? Do they really have it in their mouths? Dear lovely ladies, this is our responsibility. Yes, this is what God says. This is my covenant. This is what I want you to do. I want you to get it into the mouths of your children. Now, that's going to take a lot. That reminds me of um, that wonderful book, uh, Ten Peas in a Pod. Now, I'm sure many of you have read this book. And it's an old book. It was written many, many years ago. But I still have it available for sale at Above Rubies. And I'm doing a sale at the moment. So, if you pop onto the web page or my facebook you can pick it up there and you can order it 10 peas in a pod and it's a wonderful story of this family and this father had a great vision to get the word into his children and so he uh he didn't have only uh his Bible reading time every day or even twice a day. In our home, we do it twice a day because we believe that is a biblical principle. And if you want to know about it and understand uh, the biblical principle, you can go onto my webpage and you can put in the search the evening and morning principle or it might be the morning and evening principle and it shows all the scriptures there of god's principle of getting his word into our hearts morning and evening and coming to him in prayer and praise and worship morning and evening and so that really is a minimum the morning and evening is a minimum of coming into his presence as a family each day. But this father, oh, he had an even bigger vision than that. He wanted his children to be filled with the word. And so, he would read to his children for an hour after breakfast every morning. After lunch, he would read them to them for an hour again. After supper time, he would read the word again to them for an hour again. And then as their children uh, got a little older and they could read for themselves, he encouraged them to have 15 minutes before they came to breakfast. As they got older, they had to get up to an hour. And so they were in the Word for four hours a day. So consequently, most of the children could recite the whole of the New Testament verbatim And so many passages of the Old Testament because the word was just in them. But not only was it in them, they always had these opportunities for reciting it out. So it was getting out of their mouths. Now this guy, (coughs) the... Son of the Father, he wrote this book, and it's not only about that. It's about this exciting journey there, million-mile journey as they went through the whole of USA and, and Canada preaching the gospel and, they, and all the things that happened and the funny things that happened. But he also said that they stayed in many Christian homes along the way because people would host them. But his father would never deviate from this principle. And so even if he was staying in someone's home, a lovely Christian home, he would say to the host and hostess, "Uh, we love to read the word of God after our meals, so would you mind if I read the Bible to my children? And they would always say, oh, of course, go ahead, you're so welcome. And then he would say, "Uh, and would you like to join with us? well the son wrote in his book that not one person ever said yes they were christian homes but not one ever stopped to stay with them anyway I was blessed. My husband and I were blessed to meet this guy just recently. He's now a grandfather, the son who wrote the book when he was only 21. And he came to visit and oh, it was so delightful to meet him. And God has blessed him throughout the years. And now he has children and grandchildren. And it was so wonderful to just talk with him and see the blessings and the fruit of this of their lifestyle still continuing down the generations but just recently uh, i was staying um, with some folk and visited a most lovely family some of you will know this family braden and tally waller Uh, he's the oldest son of the waller family who are doing this incredible ministry um, in the heartland of israel on the west bank And uh, Hayavel is the ministry, H-A-Y-O-V-E-L, if you want to look it up. And they take families and young people from all over the world to go to the heartland of Israel, the West Bank, and harvest the grapes and the olive orchards and minister and bless the farmers on uh, the hills of Samaria there. Anyway, I wasn't in Israel, but I was staying um, at their home in Missouri And it was so amazing to see their little children They have four little children, um, I think four, maybe five But anyway, uh, their little children got up and recited to me a whole chapter of the Bible And they did it together and uh, they're just little ones and they knew the whole chapter In fact, they already know chapters um, 5, 6 and 7 of Matthew and they know chapters 15, 16 and 17 of John and they can recite Isaiah 40 plus many of the Psalms. They know hundreds of the Psalms and here are these little ones already um, being filled with the word of God and speaking it out because they have lots of opportunity to say it together and to speak it out. And so the word is being coming out of their mouth. So I want to encourage you in that, dear ladies. And that's what the word meditate really means. Did you get it? Not just to think about, but to speak it Quietly under your breath or out loud to study, memorise, even moan and groan and even to growl. Oh, but it's all to do with it coming out of your mouth. And uh, so I trust that you will be an Isaiah 59, 21 family. Now, that's a great vision to have, isn't it? You could tell your children about that. Say, children, we want to be an Isaiah 5921 family you could print this scripture up and put it up on your wall reminding you all to get the word of god into your mouth and into the mouth of your children and into the mouth of your children's children and henceforth for ever. It's meant to carry on the generations. We don't want to be like we were talking last podcast about the generations that are degenerating. We want to be regenerating for God. Amen. Absolutely. All right. So let's carry on, shall we? And we're going to move on today to our last two points. And I think that we will complete them today. So number 18 is ecstatically rejoicing. Now, we know God wants us to rejoice. Tells us rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We all sing that little chorus, don't we? But once again, we have a, an adjective. God not only wants us to rejoice, but to exceedingly rejoice. Oh, what does it say in, um? where is it now, Philippians? Yes, rejoice. No, it's First Peter, chapter 1. We're to rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's a great description, isn't it? Now let's look at some other situations where God wants us to rejoice. Because God doesn't only want us to rejoice when everything's going good. That's easy. We all rejoice when everything's great. We're happy. We're having a great time. We're laughing. We're rejoicing. But the rejoicing God talks about is rejoicing when everything's not going so well. So... We're going to talk about when people speak against you. I wonder, have you ever rejoiced when someone has spoken against you? Well, it's certainly not the thing that we will naturally do, is it? No, we want to do the opposite. We get very offended. We get quite mad. How dare they say that about me? That's not true. Hell, I can't even believe it. And we get indignant and we get offended. But what does the Bible say? Matthew 5, 11 to 12. Blessed are ye. That means happy. Happy are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. That's even more than just saying something, you know, a little bit derogatory about you. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now that, those words, exceeding glad, is a word in the Greek, agaleo, if that's how you pronounce it. And it means... Listen for it ladies, this is what it means, to jump and leap for joy, to show one's joy by leaping and skipping, ecstatic joy and delight. Now, that's absolutely the opposite to how we feel when someone speaks about us, Maybe you have friends who just think you're a nutcase because you're having more children than the 1.9 that Americans have. Uh, They think you're a nutcase because you're homeschooling. And maybe they even talk about you behind their back and you can get so sad and upset. But here, Jesus says, When people revile you, when they persecute you, when they talk about you falsely, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Now, I wonder, have you ever in your life jumped, skipped and leaped with joy when that has happened to you? Well, if you haven't, you haven't been biblical Now, I have to confess, I don't do that all the time because I know the scripture and because I know what it means. I have tried to do it a few times. And yes, I have jumped and leaped and skipped around the room when I've heard of horrible things spoken about me because I know that's what God wants me to do. And it really does work because There's something about bodily action. You start jumping and skipping and leaping and oh, hallelujah, Lord, I'm just so rejoicing in you. What does it matter what they say? Lord, I'm trusting you and I'm jumping and leaping. And really, you can't feel mad or upset after that if you're leaping and skipping because you're just jumping it all out of you. So perhaps you could try it. The next time that maybe this happens and it's sure to happen because I don't think there's one of us who have ever missed out and we'll certainly face it again and so um, we will uh, always have to face these things in the future so let's know what to do because another thing that we should do and that is to Pray for them And to bless them In that same scripture In Matthew chapter 5 It talks about that too um, Let me go to that Matthew 5 Matthew 5 Yes Yes, actually It's, that's, it's in a little different passage But yes, here it is in chapter 5, but way over to verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So the Bible never lets us off, does it? It always shows us what to do. And God's kingdom principles are the to how we feel we don't want to do that we don't want to do any of it but if we do amazing things happen we get free inside all the bitterness and hurt and feeling upset it goes as we will bless those who hurt us and do good to them and pray for them and skip and leap and rejoice alright Okay. the next one when you go through temptations and difficulties. First Peter 1, 6 and 7, wherein ye greatly rejoice. Greatly, actually that greatly rejoice is the same word that means to jump and leap for joy and skip with ecstatic joy and delight. So when you're going through trials You greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honour and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love. Okay, so there it is. Now, the third time. When you're going through a fiery trial. 1 Peter 4, 12-13 Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you although some as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed Ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. There we have it again. Not just joy, but exceeding joy. Even when we're going through trials. Of course, our greatest exceeding joy will be on that day. And even when we're going through trials here, we can trust God. We can know that this is only a season. It's it's only just for a little time, and there's going to be a day of great rejoicing. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory in God rests upon you. And so, lovely ladies, not only in our homes, with our precious children, but even going through difficult times and fiery trials and temptations and when people speak against us and all these scriptures God tells us to exceedingly rejoice so once again we're not going to be normal people we're not going to be average we're not going to be status quo we're going to be those who are totally different over the top above and beyond Because we are mothers who are going to change the world. Even when we go through these tough times, we will rejoice with exceeding joy. We'll just skip and leap and jump around the room. Do you think you could do that? All right. Well, have we got, well, how much time have we got left? We've got five minutes. Oh, I wonder if I could just tell you these quickly so we can finalise this amazing series of changing the world. Number 19, greatly praising. God doesn't want us to only praise him, but to praise him with our whole hearts. Oh, David was continually confessing in the Psalms, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. Here's another one of hundreds. Psalm 11, verse 1. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Lovely ladies, when you have your worship time together as a family, uh, we like to sing at the end of our Bible reading and prayer. Do you like to do that? It is important to also sing because when we come together morning and evening, It is a type of how they lit the altar of incense every morning and every evening. And the altar of incense speaks of prayer and worship and praise unto our God. And so as we come together as a family, it's important to sing. So when you do sing, how do you sing as a family? Do you sing boringly? just averagely or do you sing with all your hearts my husband has taught our children to sing with all their hearts and our grandchildren too because this is how he grew up His whole family, the children, there were nine children in the family and they lived on a farm and they had to milk cows every morning and every evening and they would sing in the cow shed. They would sing at the top of their voices. The neighbours could hear them for miles around and they all still love to sing today. They open their mouths wide and they sing with all their hearts. It's such a wonderful thing to praise the Lord with all our hearts and sometimes if you know the children or are not singing they're singing very boringly Colin will stop come on now we're going to do it with all our hearts stand up put your heads back open your mouth wide and sing with all your hearts and uh, often our children oh sometimes when they've sung Uh, One of their favourite hymns is On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand And oh how they love to do that When it comes to the chorus They open full throttle and sing it Yes, so let's do it with all our hearts And the last one, number 20 Is wholeheartedly seeking God wants us to seek after him but not only seek him, but to seek him once again with all our hearts, with every fibre of our being. Psalm 119 too. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Psalm 119 verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Hebrews 11:6. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mark twelve thirty. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. Amen. So, precious ladies, let's be those who change the world because we're never going to be boring or average. We're going to do everything unto the Lord with our whole hearts. Amen. Dear Father, I ask that you will bless every precious soul who is listening, every mother, grandmother, daughter, child. Pour out your blessing all over them. Father, We have to confess we have been so slack in getting your word into our mouths and the mouths of our children. Oh God, I pray that you will pour out your spirit over each one listening. Give them a new love and longing and delight in your word, Lord God. And Lord, just give them such a heart, such a, and Lord, such a heart and such a, a passion to make sure that they have these times with their children each day Lord a minimum of the morning and evening Lord God as that is the principle you have given us and uh, I pray that you will help them to get your word into their mouths and their children will be word-speaking children as your word says and they will be Isaiah 59:21 families Lord God filled with uh, your word speaking it out of their mouths to one another and wherever they go in the precious name of Jesus amen